The Crowncast is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network. Listen to your city at queencitypodcastnetwork.com. Hello, everyone. My name is Logan, and uh, we have some questions for you on this episode of The Crowncast. Are you someone who loves Charlotte FC dearly? Are you someone who the loss of really a chance at getting into playoffs has hurt you and possibly caused you to lose some sleep at night? Are you someone who wants to go to Charlotte FC and tell them that you're not angry, you're just disappointed? Well, you're not alone, and uh, here to join me to do that today is Justin. Hello, Justin. Hey, Logan. How's it going? Uh, well, you know, I, like, I, I think the way I said it is the way to say it. I'm not angry, I'm just <laughs> disappointed. <laughs> uh, the famous parent line... <sighs> Uh, I, I think there's all sorts of shit, uh, excuse me, there's all sorts of stuff to get into for this one, and uh, and we're going to get into all of it, but I, I do feel like that, that somehow sets the mood for what we're going to be talking about. We are going to be talking uh, all about the Cincinnati game, and first and foremost, I would like to say a huge thank you uh, to you, Justin, as much as I don't actually like to thank you or give you credit or anything like that. <laughs> I want to say a huge thank you to you. I sort of uh, went off into the middle of nowhere where nothing exists but dusts. And uh, uh, you were very kind and picked up alongside of Josh from Banks, Pierce and Soccer to let me do that. So thank you so much for that relief. I have come back stronger. Parts of my body are now made of robot. And uh, I think that that will make me an invincible podcaster for the near future. Does that sound about right? That was what was supposed to happen? Yeah. Uh, for anyone that's curious, it's just his weenus that has been replaced. It's the small bit of skin that covers his elbow that is now robotic. I can't take you anywhere, Justin. I can't take you anywhere. <laughs> How do you get through all these podcasts without me? And the moment I come back, you're like, yep, let's fire that one off. Um, yeah, that's what it's called. It's, it is, uh, it it's is, the it, it is in fact. It's... Um, the robotic one, more importantly. Yep. And speaking of robotic things... Um, does anyone else feel like Charlotte FC is a team that, like, a couple of games ago, someone accidentally uploaded Windows 10 to? Uh, we definitely broke somewhere along the way. I don't know if it's uh, there's a virus in the system, or, but uh, it has gone downhill quickly. I just, like, I just feel like something snapped. Oh, well, that's not true. We know what snapped. Oh, that's a terrible <laughs> joke. I'm not going to say it. Um, no, yes, I am going to say it. What, what unfortunately snapped is Guzman Grujo's ACL. And man, we cannot wish that guy to get, to get better faster. I'm going to go ahead and do this because I want to. I'm going to give out both a crown and a card from Cincinnati's match. They are yep. both Guzman Carujo. Um, The crown is, I, I don't, I mean, I think everyone knew Guzman Carujo was good and special and was a rock of this team. Um. You can't be that that good and and not get a crown even when you're not playing because his absence is so felt. And uh, actually, I believe it was you who told me it shouldn't be Guzman Carujo who gets the card. It's going to be his ACL that gets the card um, because God, we need that guy. Yeah, <laughs> like God, we needed that guy. I don't think we knew how good we had it when we had him in our defensive line, and that is not to, uh, you know destroy the efforts of the people that are working in there right now. Guzman Carujo is a special player. He has done some special things and we hurt without him. But the the defensive lineup is not necessarily the one that we had questions about today. Do you want to go in and uh, and talk about our very interesting lineup that was set yeah. forward for Cincinnati away? 
Yeah, you know, we talked a little bit, Josh and I, on the the post react about this, but the longer you look at this, the more questions you have. You know, seeing Joseph Mora come back in, maybe maybe that's of the changes, the most understandable, rotational Christian Fuchs, as we may have mentioned once or twice on the show, getting up there in years. Um, Harrison Awful comes back in, it, it, you know, I just don't understand that one because Jalen Lindsay has looked great. Nathan Burns starts this one on the bench. Sure, the plan is Burns going to come in after 60 minutes. He's going to get 30 minutes to start getting used to MLS. Cool. Why isn't Jalen Lindsay the start? And then the, the biggest question mark, I think, is Daniel Rios up top. You know, and, and Christian Latanzio, to his credit, addressed this in particular after the match. Um, you know, he said, uh, and this is a quote from his post game presser. I decided to go with this lineup because I saw certain things in training. I thought Danny was working really well and deserved the chance to play the way he trained. I also saw Carol looking quite tired at the end of last game, but as a choice based on what I saw in training, I saw Danny sharp and I thought he played well. Okay. That's a perfectly legit manager speak reason, but it, it actually asks other questions. If you saw Carol tired, why is Brant Bronico still out there when he has played so many minutes this season? If you saw Danny looking sharp, why is Harrison Awful coming out there when when Jalen Lindsay, you know, you talk about these things you see in training. What we see on the pitch during the matches is Jalen Lindsay looking sharp. What we see on the pitch during these matches is Andre Shinyashiki getting Enough goals to be the second highest goal scorer in this team in the limited minutes he has been granted. Uh, it, but these guys aren't aren't seeing the pitch. They're not getting a chance to play. Instead, you know, we get Kerwin Vargas on the right wing who, okay, Mackenzie Gaines is hurt. Kerwin is the more natural right winger, I guess. But he's terrified to take the shot. If I can, and I'm going to let you continue because I think you need to continue, but I do have a working <laughs> theory about why uh, Jalen Lindsay and Andre Nishiki are unable to see the field. You want to hear it? Sure. So I got the chance to uh, go to one of the practices. Yeah, that, that was pretty cool. Got to go see see the Charlotte FC practice. And uh, unfortunately, at that point in time, the practice had been canceled. But what it allowed me to do was see their practice facilities. And I noticed they had a very, 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 very nice, what looked like professional thumb wrestling ring. Um, it was great. <laughs> it had the yellow ropes. Um, you know, it had like little little areas that I guess you could like slide thumbs across to carry the like round boards and everything. Really impressive. And the only thing I can think of is that Jalen Lindsay and Andre Shinyashiki have spent their entire time at practices working on their thumb wrestling instead of soccer. And uh, literally nothing else at this point would make sense to me. <laughs> I mean, like, I really, I like, you're going to get a little bit of, of, you know, fire and thunder from me today because I've been gone a little while and the time I've been gone, I came back to some real questionable things. Uh, but I, I just don't understand it. You know, uh, we have, we have asked the questions, uh, when I asked, uh, Christian Latanzio why Harrison Awful was starting, his response was leadership. I haven't seen any leadership out of Harrison Awful that is adjusting the defense. I haven't seen him running the defense. I haven't seen him being the one that's been going up to referees and, and, you know, calming his other teammates down. I haven't seen him being the communicator. I haven't seen him pointing or motioning where the ball should move. Uh, I haven't seen anything from him 
uh, describes leadership. The only thing I can think of at this point is that Andre Shinishiki and Jalen Lindsay have a secret thumb wrestling uh, ring going on instead of practicing. Justin, you want to you wanna go back to where you were? It is uh, a more legitimate reason than any I can think of. The only other thing I can think is that Christian Latanzio has decided he just doesn't like these guys and has decided I'm the interim, so it doesn't matter if I play the, the guys who are doing better. I can just play the guys that I like. I don't know what it is, but but the quote that Latanzio gives about why Daniel Rios gets the start over Carol Swiderski doesn't hold water when you look at some of the other areas on the pitch that players keep getting starts over other, you know, more qualified players. And I want to be clear, Kamil Yozwiak had a good game on the left wing. Oh, yeah, he had a great game and deserves to be called out for it. I I just think if Kamil Yozwiak is playing well like that, why isn't he starting on the right wing over Kerwin Vargas, who once again is terrified to snap a shot off and, so and just he's not cutting it on the right wing. And then Shinyashiki can start on the left. But Shinyashiki's got to get on here. If, if you know, if if it's not that, then why isn't Shinyashiki the first choice to replace Carol Swiderski up the middle of the pitch if Swiderski's tired? I don't understand I, these decisions. I, I would like to just go through the lines really quick, and I'm going to count the number of players I think were intelligent decisions for this match. Christian Kalina, I think yeah. we're going to get on later, but I, I think would have been considered an intelligent decision for this match. Congratulations, the goalkeeper who's been doing a fantastic job all year you put in the net. Well done. Um, Anton Walks, I think reasonably intelligent decision, 25 years old. He's currently the leader of the back line. We'll get on also... to him later, but reasonable decision. Adelson well, Melanda. Oh, do you want to say something about Walks yeah. really quick? I mean, the other thing about Walks and Melanda is, you know, it's those two guys are Christian Fuchs who we cannot stand in the center of defense. And that's it. Yeah, that's it. And so I think it's fair to say Adelson Melanda, who I think uh, you guys touched on really well, showed some of his passing capability from the back in this one. You know, that's an area that could grow. And let's be quite frank, we need um, understandable choice. Derek Jones, I can't believe I'm saying this, considering this match, definitely the tool I would have gone with. Um, yeah. It allows Brant Bronico and Ben Bender to step up and be the danger guys. Ben Bender, we know who he is. We can see he's trying to improve and become a better player in a game that we thought we would have most of the ball and what we would need is creativity to break them down. Ben Bender is an intelligent slot into that position. And in the time he's on the field, actually does make quite a few line-cutting balls, including the one we'll talk about shortly uh, that goes to a, a dangerous free-kick location. Everyone else, and I, I want you to keep in mind, it is easier for me to list the people that make sense than it <laughs> was for me to list the people who don't make sense. Right? Joseph Mora, the, the easiest explanation is Christian Fuchs doesn't have the legs, he needs rotation. But again, in a game where we needed line breaking and creativity and they really couldn't hurt us that bad on the wings, Christian Fuchs would have been a fantastic asset to have there. Kamal Yazwiak played a great game and deserves his praise for, for standing out and playing a great game against the odds. He has not shown that he is going to be able to tear teams apart. He did in this one, obviously didn't come away with a goal, but he did play like he deserved that slot but it doesn't exactly make sense that he was listed. 
Daniel Rios. We have an explanation for it that only asks more questions. Brant Bronico, I will say this until the end of the season. This guy is tired. He is missing four-yard passes. And we watched him for the first half of the season hit those passes over and over and over and over and over and over again. And instead of giving him the rest he needs, especially in a game where you could have, you could have let Derek Jones be the defensive shield, he's out there in one of the hardest running positions again. Kerwin Vargas has not produced. He's a young man. Maybe one day he will. But right now, he needs to be learning from other people. The best argument you can make is he's a young man and we're trying to get him minutes. And Harrison Awful is out there because, uh, I don't know, the, Latanzio flipped a coin and it landed on heads. Or maybe Latanzio flipped a coin and instead of landing on heads or tails, it had that one in like three billion chance that it lands on the side. Uh it very, very frustrating. And Justin, I think I have, I have put enough of my my questions and rage out into the world. Do you want to take it from here for a minute? Oh, I mean, it, you know, you're you're absolutely right. You got to ask these questions because it, what Josh Josh over there at Banks Pierce and Soccer brought this. Up. I think Daniel Rios has scored like six goals in all of his MLS career. Yeah, on this is not a goal scorer. Minutes of, of MLS play for us. This is not a goal scoring threat. This is not the guy. And, and don't get me wrong. If you listen to some of the early post reacts and everything like that, I like Daniel Rios for what Daniel Rios can do, which I think is hold up the ball fairly well. And, and I think that there was some merit to the two at the top with Daniel Rios and Carl Swiderski up there. Daniel Rios is not the guy, though, that you trot out if you've got an attacking front three in the center of that front three and say, go bang the goals in. That's yeah. not going to happen. It's uh, And also, it's not like there's any way that people could go out on like the internet and find out any of our opinions on any of these players <laughs> at any point on the season. There's absolutely no recorded history of any of that stuff. That's um, the event show podcast. You record them and then they vanish into the ether. Yep. You heard them once and then they're gone. Uh, please don't <laughs> look down at your Spotify. Uh, no. uh, we, we have real questions. We have real questions. I mean, uh, the way I started this out was genuine. We love this team. And it's actually kind of incredible how much we love this team because for you and I who are, I mean, 20 plus year supporters of other teams in the world, to have this much care about a team that's only been around for less than a year really surprises me. And, and we do, we care about it. So when we see things like this, we, we are inherently the people that want to discuss and ask questions. And even if we don't like the answers, I feel like both you and I are the type of people who will go, that's not how I would have done it, but I can understand why it was done. And I think the thing that irks me about this so much is I just can't understand how it was done. Like, uh, if there was an answer here that was like, look, Brant Bronico's been, and this is one of the questions, one of the things we talked about. Brant Bronico, we believe, will be match fit for a full season. He did it previously uh, with the independents. He's played in the MLS before. We think the guy's got the legs. He's looked us in the eyeballs and said, I have the legs. And, you know, the reason that we're uh, now not using Quinn McNeil to possibly fill that slot in and give him a break is Quinn McNeil doesn't have that. And he is really running on fumes. 
I could look at you and I could say, hey, I personally don't think that's in the best interest of one of the most key players on our team. But at least I understand it, right? At least I have a reason. And I'm running out of reasons. I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, should we should we go should we go on or is there anything else you want to yell at here? No, I mean, I think I have hammered this point about and and you know, listeners, in case you couldn't tell, this is again a big question about Christian Latanzia's tactical ability as a manager. Oh, I mean, I think at this point, <laughs> Christian Latanzio, no matter how good of a coach, uh, and I still believe he's a very good coach. He is, uh, you know, at this point, I, I can't see a world. There is no fabrication of reality in which he goes on as the the primary manager of this team. Do you see one? No, no. Um, okay, it, good. And well, the most important thing I think that can happen for Charlotte FC as we move into this offseason without the playoffs is a new manager needs to be brought in quickly. And one thing that uh, we have discussed in the chat group, we have a little private chat group for us to have all of our bad ideas in is that uh <laughs> thomas tuchel is yeah. definitely coming to charlotte fc he sure came here, he saw how mighty the charlotte fc were he's apparently no longer with chelsea and uh probably looking to to move up in the world uh by coming here to charlotte you think you think we can get yeah, that started I mean, like tuchel to charlotte fc hashtag it get it out there make it a part of the world look he obviously came here saw the quality, saw the future because, you know, Brian Romero came on yep. and within 30 seconds, he'd, he'd gotten that penalty that drew us level and then we won on PKs. So he saw the future, he saw the potential and uh, he just got jealous and then he sabotaged his time at Chelsea just so that he could come back uh, here to Charlotte. Uh, we're, we're for it. Uh, Tuchel to Charlotte. We're, we're yep. ready. Tuchel to Charlotte. Um, yeah, but you're right. We have to start thinking about the next... <laughs> the next term we'll get on about that a little bit later <clears throat> I, i'm gonna say something i'm not sure i'm ready to say and i'm gonna say it anyway i think it's time to discuss whether or not the formations and the play styles that charlotte fc has been attempting to use are achievable here in the mls and i'm starting to think they're not charlotte fc especially under mar no matter what you think about the guy, <clears throat> excuse me, was setting out to build a very technical team in a very physical league. It was a team designed to be very uh, strong against pressing. They're supposed to be resistant to presses. They're supposed to be able to play around pressure. They're supposed to be able to make sliding passes very effectively. It is a high technical, high speed, highly dangerous play style that I just don't know if is going to happen when the people in your team are not named Salah and Mane and Saka and uh, Odegaard and Cristiano Ronaldo. I mean, uh, is, there, is there a possible statement here that maybe Charlotte FC needs to be looking at a, a system that does enhance the qualities of the higher caliber players like Carol Swiderski by giving him that extra man up top. I mean, could we benefit from like a three, five, two, Justin? 
I mean, I I think that there is an argument to be made that some type of formational change. You know, we've we've argued against the switch to a five at the back or or you know a three at the back because for the listeners who may not know, the difference between a three five two and a five three two is minimal. The 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 outside guys, whether they're at the midfield at the start of it or or you know at the back. Uh, they play essentially the same position. Um, we've railed against it when it happens mid-match, and I think there's a reason for that, because when it happens mid-match, it throws things into confusion. It it, it disrupts what you think you're going to try and do. It, it takes that extra half a second to figure out what you're trying to do. If you coach it and you put it in place from the get-go for a match, I think it's much better. And the team we just played... Uh, Cincinnati, they play a 5-3-2. And, I mean, there's something to be said for it for MLS. It gives you a physicality. Um, it gives you a degree of control towards the back when you when you deliberately go and find these big, you know, you know, Jeff Cameron's an old guy at this point, but Christian Fuchs is an old guy at this point. Uh, and Hagelund and Miazga on either side of him, you know, those give you a lot of big bodies to defend against the kind of stuff that you see a lot in, in MLS. You know, you see a lot of uh, sort of hopeful balls into the box, and then you see a lot of, you know, uh, hopeful shots from the top of the box. And big guys charging that down make those shots more difficult, no matter where they're coming from. Yeah, um, the the way I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about this here is if you have seen – uh, all or nothing on Amazon. Uh, Amazon, please sponsor us. I guess <laughs> you've seen all or nothing for Arsenal. There's a really great scene where they're in the training room and Mikel Arteta throws up two pictures on the board and they're up there for like 30 seconds. And he says, I want you to memorize both of them. And in one of them, all of the players, it's just circles on a football pitch and all of the players and they all have numbers. And where people would normally play, their numbers are in the correct spot. And everybody just instantly memorized that one and went to the next one. And after a while, he shut it down and he said, okay, how many of you managed to memorize the first one? Everyone in the room raised their hands. He went to the next one. He said, how many of you managed to memorize that one? No one in the room raised their hands. And he says, this is really simple, guys. You memorized the first one because we train it every day. This is building what Arsene Wenger called automatisms. You already know where people are going to be, so you don't have to think about it, right? You are you are already pre-aware of what you can do from any one position, and it takes a lot of training. It takes playing with the same players. It takes intense training. It takes practicing together. It takes knowing each other in the locker room, knowing what guys like to do, and we have none of that right now, and especially when we switch to, like, when we have switched to a, a back three in the past, it has been clear that there has been absolutely no understanding. So when I, you know, put this forward as a possible solution to Charlotte FC's issues, this is a down the road problem fix. This is after a off season of training and practicing this formation problem fix, not a, we're going to roll this out tomorrow and just expect it to work kind of deal. Yeah. Uh, and, and you know, the other piece of this is, these this particular formation that we're playing right now a 4231 or a 433 or a 4141 however you want to you know consider the the players that are being put out there uh 
it requires that kind of, of technical prowess and understanding of the team. And when you think just about the turnover within this squad, within this season, how could you possibly try and look for something like that? Yeah, Other formations simplify things. Yeah. Uh, I think we can sort of set this to the side because I think we're going to have a lot of time to talk about this later. But I do think it's right to put it on the table that maybe the highly technical, high-speed formation we're attempting to run right now looks good on paper but may not be achievable until this team has a little bit deeper roots. Um, One thing I want to add, we have talked about both of them, but I want to give them both kudos again. Uh, Derek Jones and Kamala Yazwiak, I believe you both gave them crowns in the post-react, but they both really showed up and deserve to be called out for good performances. Uh, I think we now have to go to the bad stuff. Do you want to talk about the first goal? You want to talk about um, Ben Bender and Allison Melanda and maybe what happened on that, that corner kick? Yeah, I mean, we, we concede a pretty standard corner. I will say we concede two corners in a row here because on the first one, we don't allow a goal, but we cannot clear our lines, uh, which is... A, a moment of frustration and, and something I think we've talked about before the season where just sometimes I know what you want is to possess the ball and play out the back and everything. Sometimes just blast it clear. If it's ping ponging around in the box for too long, somebody's just got to hoof the thing out of there. Don't try and head it down and find somebody in the, you know, in the short end of the midfield and, and then be able to play out, just get it out so that your team can refine its shape. And we don't do that on the first corner. So we can see the second corner. And uh, we see, uh, again, uh, this is something that they tried on a few of these set pieces. Um, they put a, they put the ball into an area where it looks like the target man is the man that Ben Bender is assigned to cover. It's a man mark in the box. And... The questions that you have with that, it, uh, this happens right in front of Adelson Melanda, who it looks like is assigned to uh, what's called zonal marking. There's just an area of the box he's supposed to pick up and cover. Uh, he doesn't really step out. Bender gets beaten. Uh, Bender doesn't do enough to hold off uh, Hagland, who in Bender's defense is a center back for Cincinnati. It's very difficult for a guy like Ben Bender uh, who, you know, he is an offensive player. He's an attacking player. There's a different body style that you're looking for from your attacking players. Should he still do a little better? Yes. But it's curious to me that you ask a center back to zonally mark and ask a attacking midfielder to man mark the center back for the opposing team. It seems like you would want to switch those around. Yeah, I think we want to be clear here. I think Ben Bender comes in for needed criticism here. I think it's just needed criticism we all know about. Um, yeah. he, needs, he needs to learn how to defend. He needs to learn how to be stronger in challenges. He needs to learn how to use his body better to hold people out. We all know this. Um, and I don't think he should be protected from that criticism. That being said, I do feel like there are people who probably need to come under criticism because of how well it is known, Right. Um, whether that is Adelson Melanda was given that coverage by Christian Latanzio and didn't take it, um, you know, just hold it, uh, held space instead of watching that runner, or whether that was Christian Latanzio assumed that Ben Bender would be able to win that defensive duel uh, over and over again. 
somebody somebody somewhere made a questionable decision. Uh, is there anything else you really want to tackle on this one? No, I mean, you know, it's it's just it's frustrating that this really kind of hits us against the run of play. Um, yeah, uh, I'm going to move us along because yep. uh, a, a while ago, Charlotte FC moved into a pretty good position on the table. And they they really showed that they had some grit. They showed that they had some ability to put goals in the back of the net. This is when um, Andre Shinashiki was scoring regularly. Uh, and I put out a podcast called update your priors and it is time to update your updates. Um, <laughs> we have, you know, at, at the time we were really firing on all cylinders. We were playing some pretty impressive football and I, I like to say that I have strong opinions loosely held. And I feel like that is a really important mentality to have in football because you have to believe in the people who, who show you they deserve to be believed in. Right. But you also have to acknowledge that three or four games of evidence starts to mount really fast. Right. You can't just have those strong opinions forever. Now, you shouldn't just wildly swing one way or the other. Um, when we came into the season, I was all on the Ben Bender train. He wasn't getting pressed defensively and his connection with uh, Carol Swiderski was incredible. The two of them were finding each other like. Like they'd known each other their whole lives. They were scoring goals. They were making assists. It was it was really impressive. The game changes. Ben Bender is now seen as an offensive threat. He starts getting hit with real pressure when he gets the ball. We see that he's not as strong in the tackle. We see that he's not uh, as, as capable of holding up a, a ball or that his first touch needs a little bit more work when he doesn't have that much space. That's okay. We're learning new information. We're bringing it in. We're acting on it, right? We now have seven, eight games of that evidence that Ben Bender needs work defensively. And we are we have six, seven games of that evidence that Ben Bender is working on it defensively. There are a couple of people who I have strong opinions about that I feel like I have to I have to start to shift the paradigm a bit. Um the first one I'm going to talk about here is Anton Walks. Anton Walks came into this team and looked like a savior right out of the gate. He looked so good, and he looked so good because uh, I think what was happening was he was competent, and he was competent and quite good as a pair with Guzman Carujo. Since Guzman Carujo's injury has gone out, there have been there have definitely been real flaws in his game that seem to have been getting hidden by the play of Guzman Carujo. I am not saying Anton Walkers is a bad defender. I still think he's probably the most competent defender we have on the field at the moment. But I do think it's probably time that we have to acknowledge Anton Walks may not be the future of this team. Um, whether that is who he is now needs to develop into something that can be the future of this team, or whether that is he's refusing to develop, he's not managing to pick up that mantle and take on that, that responsibility. He's not holding the defensive line. Since Anton Walks has taken over this team defensively, well, to be perfectly honest with you, we've just let goals in left and right. There's another player I have to talk about, and this one particularly hurts me because I think what he does, he does at an elite level, and that's Christian Kalina. Christian Kalina does shot stopping right up there with the best shot stoppers in the world. And Justin, you said something really good the other day, and that is 
he is he is appearing to fall into the mold of a uh, another David Haya. And whether we like it or not, we are starting to reach the numbers that I have over and over and over again said, when we hit these numbers of mistakes from Christian Kalina, that's when I'll start getting worried. We've hit those numbers. I'm starting yep. to get worried. Like it's as simple as that. I gave the guy four bad mistakes that turned into goals. We have seen at least four now, and we may have seen five, um, depending on how you want to classify those. And I like that this is a guy who is attempting to learn, but the season's not over yet. And we're past that sort of threshold of this is a guy learning and we're going to lose a few points for it. We're getting into this is a guy who's not learning and we're going to lose a lot of points for it. So either we have to see him develop into that player we want him to be, or we have to acknowledge that he's not going to be that player and we have to play him for what he is. And that is stop asking the guy to hit balls out to the midline. It's not his forte. Stop asking him to split defensive lines. It's not what he's going to be good at right now. If you still believe he can do it, he needs to learn in the off season. Um, the second goal is a direct result of this. Justin, do you want to do you want to take away the the second goal? Yeah, I mean, we talked we again talked about this some in the post, but but you know what it really was was uh, uh, he makes a bad decision to play to Nuno Santos, and Santos, you know, he does bear responsibility for this too because he's not strong but Kalina chooses to play this ball to Santos when he I hope sees uh, you know a, a runner closing him down he still sees the runner coming uh, you know already seeing that this is where the pass is going and already sprinting in on Nuno Santos and Christian Kalina still chooses to play this pass um, and it just gets you know it gets taken right off of Nuno Santos's foot and smacked did uh it's it's one of those where you gotta say this is not the right distribution choice you know you should see that runner you should make the decision to play longer you should make the decision to fake it to santos and then you know play out to maybe it's out to awful on the the right wing uh you know something like that or burn at that point i'm not sure who it was but that was the wrong decision to make so it gets taken off of santos and just curled into the the back of the net. There's no way anybody could get back to cover it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's now been, especially because this was one of the first involvements of Santos, it's it's now been looked over by everybody. You know, I think we're basically just stating what most people already know. So I'm going to move us along because we've actually spent quite a bit of time getting to this point. I am going to uh, plug our website. We now have a website. Justin, you want to tell people about the website? Yeah, we are up at crowncast.net. Uh, we're very excited for this. this. is where you can go read some additional thoughts. It's where we meander even more than we do on the podcast sometimes. Uh, about about? We're the... very direct and we never <laughs> meander. <laughs> uh, we, we talk about the team. This is where you can see a lot of the media, inf uh, the, a lot of the, the pictures and video that we get from the, the matches themselves, uh, where we are still there as press. It's still very exciting for us. It's an opportunity, too, for you to interact back with us. Um, uh, I'm unfortunately not going to be able to be at this weekend's match, but uh, I tell you what, if you've got a question that you would love uh, for Logan to ask Christian Kalina or, uh, or Chris, the, sorry, Christian Latanzio in the post-game presser, now's the time. 
submit it on our website. Uh, you can go into the contact us form. You can reach out and you know uh, let us know if there's something you've been dying to know from from Christian Latanzio. If there's something from an individual player, you know we can absolutely see what we can do about that one. We we have an opportunity to try and get a player, uh, you know, for for post match interviews too. So again, it's Crowncast.net. We're really excited that it's up there. Please go out check it out. Uh, let us know what you think. If you'd like to see something else. If you uh, if you want to know uh, anything else or, or see new content come up there, let us know about that, too. Yep. Crowncast.net. Please go and check it out. Uh, I am going to move us on to NYCFC, who is coming up. And normally what I would be doing here is I would be introducing you all to the one, the only, the magnificent Josh from Banks, Beers and Soccer. Um, but unfortunately, today he is the one, the only, the sickly Josh from Banks, Beers and Soccer. So we are going to send love out to him. We are going to wish him uh, to get better, and we're going to ask all of you listening to this to do the same. Uh, do us a favor. Go out. Find Banks, Beers, and Soccer. Uh, just flood his page with with love and uh, and notes from you guys. Tell them that we sent you, or tell them that we sent you to, to help him feel better because, uh, well, we want him to feel better. We like it when people feel good. Uh, we are going to talk about the downward spiral that is NYCFC. And if somebody uploaded Windows 10 to Charlotte FC, <laughs> they may have accidentally also uploaded it to NYCFC or or it was the other way around. I like to hope that maybe we were the collateral damage. Like maybe when we went up there to play them, somebody had just uploaded it to NYCFC. And while we were playing them, they were still, you know, like, contact virus we got windows 10 <laughs> updates as well justin you want to tell us about your your thoughts of maybe why nycfc is not performing the way we expect yeah i mean it, you know we did only face them three weeks ago it's the last time we got points it's the last time we won a match uh we did beat them 3-1 it was it was great to watch you know i don't know that any of us expected it uh but this is a team that is in a, a downward spiral almost as bad or worse than ours you know after after we beat them they did bounce back and beat chicago fire but they've had uh three more matches since then uh, and we'll actually play a fourth match tonight. Uh, this is the 7th of September when uh, we're recording this. So they'll play another match tonight against this FC Cincinnati team that we lost to before we play them again on Saturday. So you, they're in rough shape. They have lost those three matches. They lost to Orlando City. They lost to the New England Revolution. And most difficult for them, I have to imagine, they lost 2-1 to DC United, which is, I don't think anybody could argue the worst team in MLS right now. And somehow NYCFC still managed to lose. This is a team and Josh, uh, you know, again, shout out to him. And I do hope he's feeling better. His preview up on Banks, Spears and Soccer for NYCFC. It's only a few weeks old. It's still perfectly valid. All of the information in there is great. Mm -hmm. He calls out a couple of the big things, you know, uh, the probably the biggest is that during the transfer window, NYCSE loaned their star striker, Tati Castellanos, to uh, Girona FC um, in La Liga. Uh, this is another of the, the, the city football group clubs. So this is really just sort of the same business venture that owns Manchester City and a variety of other clubs around the world. They, they sort of shuffle chess pieces, uh, moving a player from, from the U.S. to, to Spain. But, I mean, this guy scored 50 goals in the last few seasons for, for NYCFC. This, he was a monster. And yeah. 
they lose they lose him and they have not been the same since you know in any way they they brought in um uh who is nick cushing uh their assistant coach has has been their interim head coach um i don't even know that that uh uh you know, uh, oh, sorry. They, they, uh, I meant to say they lost the, their manager back in June, Ronnie Delia, and brought in Nick Cushing as their interim head coach. And I don't know that they even really got the new manager bounce off of Nick Cushing. And uh, now it looks like Nick Cushing is going to be in the same boat as Christian Latanzio in the same unemployment line after the season is over um, yeah. because they are are completely lost. Um, they they really look like a team floundering. And I say that knowing full well that we are a team floundering. Yeah. So this Saturday really looks like the stoppable force meets the movable object. Uh, easy, easy three points for Charlotte. (laughs) Um, it's it's back on, we're going to win this one. We're going to win out. Everybody else is going to lose all of their games and we're going to win the league. We're going to win. The the vault hasn't been unbreakable of late. It has been cracked into, but I um, think we I have think- a good chance to re-solidify something this Saturday. They're going to they're gonna be playing a midweek match. It's at home for them, but they're playing tonight. So they, they're not going to have as many days of rest. They're already in rough shape. They're playing a Cincinnati team that we saw on Saturday can be physical. So if, we have every may, chance of beating them this weekend. If I may, I have the feeling that it's not the fact that the vault is getting broken into. I have the feeling it's that someone at Charlotte FC may have just forgotten to close the door well, for like weeks. That that well, it, it may be that the door was held closed by Guzman Carujo's ACL. Could could have been. I am going to move us along to a very very <laughs> brief stats of this game. Yeah, and I think it's rightful to call out that one of the reasons we have underlying metrics is because. This is a low-scoring sport, and in a low-scoring sport, some bad runs can happen and things can look bad. You know, we talked about this in the first Toronto loss that, you know, statistically, the, the if you played that game like 30-something times, this was the only one we got beat that badly. Uh, this was a fairly even game on paper. It was like 0.9 XG for Charlotte FC to 0.12. On average, both of those teams score one goal and walk away with one point. Uh, in this particular one, they score two goals and we don't score any low scoring sport. That stuff happens. They walk away with three points, not the ideal situation. What it shows us is that in a low scoring sport, it is even more important to go out there and make chances because guess what? If you rely on scoring three goals on one XG, you are going to lose games. If you go out there and you score, you put up three expected goals per game, and I'm not saying that's easy. That is incredibly challenging. The best teams in the world pay a lot of money to try and even get close to that. But if you go out there and you put up 2.5, three XGs per, three XG per game, most of the time you're going to walk away with two goals. And then guess what? Even in times where stuff goes completely against you, you are still walking away from places with a draw. And most of the time you're walking away with three points. And I think that's part of my frustration with what I've seen this team do is it looks disconnected and it looks like it's not really set up to score. It is. It looks like it's set up to sort of just nick a win and over time that fails. Unless you are an absolute master of that style and I will argue that even the greatest 
theoretical absolute absolute master of that style is a bit of a fraud. Uh, and if you know who I'm talking about, you know who I'm talking <laughs> about. Uh, we're not going to say his name, lest his lawyers will come after us. Uh, but this is a this is a low scoring sport. And if you want to win, go out and score more than your opponents, especially in a league like MLS. Um, defenses are here to be taken in the MLS. These are not world-class, unstoppable defenses. You are not running at Virgil van Dyke. These are defenses you can put goals by, and I want to see a team that starts putting goals by these defenses because uh, I think everyone would agree we're having more fun and we're winning more games when we score the goals. Um, is there anything you want to you wanna add to that, or I'm just going to wrap the stats up there? No, I mean, it's, it's accurate, and uh, I will say the way you score the goals is you put the players on the field that score goals. Uh, no kidding um the last thing we're going to say before we we wrap it up here tonight is we are going to say thank you to the fans um we've done this before we have said you know at certain points of time in the season we have said you know maybe the newness of charlotte fc had worn off and the fans were still packed uh maybe we'd had a, a run of bad form and if you looked over the supporter section everyone was still singing everyone was still doing the pause and uh this is a really special group of fans and the last time I was in the stadium, we had not mathematically been eliminated from the playoffs, but realistically, our chances of making the playoffs were gone. And I expected that I would see a drop off in the fans, not because anybody suddenly hated the team, but because when, when you've lost that thing, it can often be hard to stand back up the next time and go, no, we're still going to go out and support. And the place was packed. The, the last home game I was at, even though mathematically we were basically out of it, the fans were still there in waves. Uh, the place was still rocking. Blue Fury was still banging the drums. Uh, and uh, we just have to say thank you because it's so much more impressive. You know, we love seeing the fans come out when times are good. It's so much more impressive to see all of these fans come out when things necessarily aren't great for the team. So we want to take a minute to say thank you to all of you and make sure you know you're appreciated. Um, Justin, I feel like I've wandered a little bit here. So do you want to sign us out for this one? Uh, you know what? Uh, we will talk to you after we go take our next three points from NYCFC. Good night. QueenCityPodcastNetwork.com. <laughs>